and welcome to the Two Tones, Tony DeVolfo. Greetings, Tony. Tony Moclair. It is episode 14, so we salute the following. The great Seco, Michael Sexton. 1995 Premiership staff back, Tony. Magnificent player he was. player. On the 200-game wall here. Um, Rodney Ashman. Oh. One of the all-time greats. Legend. Uh, member of the team of the century, if memory serves. And uh, the McLean, the McLean's... Um, Whites are showing yeah. Tony Brock and Ricky. Yeah, um, both wore fourteen for Carlton. Um, Relation were they related at all? Yes, Ricky is Brock's uncle, okay. uh, and uh, more intimidating footballer uh, than never was. No. He was frightening. Hang um, on, Ricky was more frightening than uh, Brock. Yes, believe it or not, Ricky was a, a truly fearsome uh, presence in the locket. Category, I'd say Ricky McLean, full forward, mm. hefty fellow, you know, with an uh, with an edge to him. Uh, but might I say, he was the first Carlton footballer I got an autograph from ah. way back in the early seventy, late sixties, I think it was. And um, he was the perfect gentleman to me. And I bumped into him in a cafe up at, I think it was Riddles Creek years mm. later, and told him so. I said, you got a, a bub deal, Ricky. You weren't a, an animal. You were a, a true gentleman. And he was quite chuffed to hear that. Oh, well, good, good. His reputation has been restored, courtesy of the two tones. Now, before we start, and oh, we keep saying it in the words of Frank Thring, what a weekend. But uh, can I just um, acknowledge the continued support of the two tones, and by that I mean listening support of my mate George, who runs... Shoe image in Fairfield on the uh-huh. left-hand side as you go up north, up up near the TAB. On Station Street. On Station Street. Yes. He's a mad Carlton supporter and has been a long-time listener of the Two Tones. And he is, he's chuffed. George oh, well, is one w- over-the-moon man. Well, he's only human. I'm, I'm sure that that's the, um, the, the feeling that's shared by the, the masses who, who uh, are following Carlton's fortunes um, with great... Uh, relish these days and isn't it magnificent that the football world is finally uh, sitting up and taking notice and respecting the Carlton brand as it as it should be respected Um, because it's it's a case of where have you been I mean look obviously we've been ahead of the curve there tone but I noticed it uh, yesterday um, earlier on in the week that is the Herald Sun a huge picture of Jack Silvani fourth Rising Star nominee in the course of 13 rounds. Have you ever seen the like in all your days, It's a magnificent thing, isn't it, to think that we for so long were bereft of uh, nominees in that, you know, much respected category. We've never had a winner, Mm. uh, you know, in history. I think back to Cambo and more recently Murph. Unfortunately, the damaged shoulder cost Murph the the Rising Star Award in his first year. And then more recently, Cripper, you know, lost to uh, Jesse Hogan. Yeah. You know, a little bit contentious. Uh, so we've never had a winner, but boy, gee, we're giving ourselves half a chance this year, aren't mm. we, with four so far, yeah. all, all power to Jack and, and the other three players that have got the gong this year. It's it's such a great reflection on on the journey, you know, the much-used uh, term, the journey and, and where it's heading. And um, But we look at the team, Tony, and it's not just the youth, is it? You know, you've got the, the players at the other end in career best form. And, well, um, and, and that is truly ominous. Um, now, we're talking, of course, of the Gold Coast, Gold Coast game played Saturday night where Gold Coast thought that they would probably get over the top of Carlton but didn't figure that they were playing Bryce Gibbs. Oh, I think that's a fair comment you make, certainly about Gold Coast's preparations for the game, Tony. They didn't look to me 
that they'd come to play. No. And yet you look at um, the, the Carlton players, you know, and I remember that image front on as they were walking up the race and there was, uh, you know, you can, sometimes you can tell, mm-hmm. um, you know, or just the, that was that look of, um, you know, uh, that they were in the zone. Mm. And it, it certainly was reflected in the way they approached the game and their opponent from the first bounce. You know, the tone was started with Bryce Gibbs, you know, uh, um, dropping the shoulder into... Gary Ablett's shoulder mm. and uh, everyone else that was on the ground that was anywhere near the great man was following suit. And um, it was it was a pretty clear uh, sign, I guess, that he was a team that meant business and uh, were, were out um, to, um, you know, right the wrongs of uh, a few weeks ago. Well, it's it's funny you mention that. You look at Tom Lynch scoring, scoring seven against Carlton oh, and... Uh, Brandon Matier Car- up five. Yeah. And uh, now... Liam Jones, two weeks in a row, has imposed himself on the game. This, he, he kept Tom Lynch to donuts, no, basically. He, he no, did. no majors. He did. And I think he had a single behind. Was he, he did indeed. Yeah. I think the conditions certainly helped us. There was a little bit of light drizzle early in the game and the dew hit the deck too. Um, you know, not that that really was the be-all and end-all and what was a great team victory. But... Uh, I had the great pleasure, Tone, of interviewing the lead-up to the game, Liam Jones, mm. and, um, he, a different cat. You know, he, yeah. he, uh, it was great to hear him talk. And he, he was reflecting on being told that he was to play in the back line prior to the opening round VFL game by Josh Fraser mm. early this year. And I think he half thought Josh might have been joking mm. because he walked into the meeting of the, of the backman and was asked by one of the fellows in that meeting, oh, I see you're playing in the back line, to which... Which Liam replied, oh, I wouldn't have thought so. Mm. And it wasn't until he went back into the general meeting that, that Josh made the call in front of everyone, you are uh, playing back this year. Obviously, must have changed Liam Jones's mindset and his thinking and his approach in totality because he did say, he did say which is really interesting, he, he initially thought that being pushed back would mean, it would amount to a demotion, that he hadn't succeeded as a forward. Whereas au contraire, you know, mm. the, the the opportunity to be pushed back would mean another string being added to Liam Jones's bow, um, playing back as well as forward, maybe with the occasional pinch hitting in the ruck. Mm. So once he understood that, um, I think he pl- he's played with a certain degree of freedom and it's really, really shown in the way that, uh, you know, he's gone about his, his work, uh, you know, this p- past month of football, uh, particularly at senior level. It's mm. been tremendous to see and it's just one of many success stories this team so far. I want to get to examining individual performances because there were so many of note. But before we do that, um, just prior to the uh, the record button being pressed by uh, by Grace, um, you mentioned a coaching move by Brendan Bolton at the very top of the game. This is the thing about Brendan Bolton. He's a really wily competitor. Well, he, well, he is. And I think what, what I've gleaned from... Um, you know, watching teams under Brendan's watch is that, you know, from from the outset he tries to wrong foot or, or, mm. or you know, just maybe catch the opposition out. And um, it's, it's a little difficult to follow it all from afar when you're watching on the box. I wasn't there live. But it's, I'm sure Sam Doherty started in midfield, which was mm. really, really interesting. And I, I don't know that Rodney Ede would necessarily have planned for that. Um, I think he started with Gibbs... Uh, you know, as I said, dropping the arm into Gary Ablett. Ed Kurnow picked him up for 
the duration and of the wore game. Wore him like a suit. Wore him like a cheap suit. So um, I, I think that I think that's what I like about Brendan Bolton too. He's um, you know he, he's an innovative coach and he's prepared to try things and and. Um, I just think there are a couple of instances where, you know, Gold Coast may have been caught off guard. And reflecting on that game, you know, an interstate game, mm. it was paramount uh, that the players got away to a good start to kill the crowd, you know, uh, mm. the home crowd. Yeah. Not sure what the numbers were. Maybe the numbers were down. However, it was very important from, for them to get off to a good start and perhaps wrong foot um, the Suns, can, and that was I, certainly the case. Can I just say on that, the um, I was listening to it on uh, through 6PR on their app on a phone in North Warrandyte town when I was with my 10-year-old on a cub camp. Um, as he was watching a movie, I was uh, laying out on a, a slowly uh, leaking <laughs> camp mattress. The air was supposed uh, to be flying, Toad. <laughs> so um, there was lots of fist pumping going on. Um, but, uh, I mean, what, what came to mind um, listening to that was, I mean, this was, a, this was a victory manufactured not only by the coaching of Brendan Bolton, but by the unbelievable recruiting smarts of Stephen Silvani. Well, and you saw Stephen Silvani, there were, you know, uh, crosses to the, the box and Stephen was there on his own, you know, like, you know, Rommel overseeing the troops. <laughs> and uh, he likes to sit up by himself. I quizzed him about that earlier today. And he said, oh, yeah, he likes to fly solo yeah. uh, when the game's on. But you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, um, you know, s- some of the recruiting moves early in the year were guffawed by a few mm. you know, so-called experts, you know. But, uh, boy, gee, are they coming up trumps for, for, for Carlton now, all those players from GWS. Uh, I mean, we talked about the the Bolton moves. I think another crucial move was was Jed Lamb going forward oh, yeah, yeah. late in the game. You know that that crucial mark that to really ice the game. I think was a was a great move. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I think what Brendan Bolton has also done, he, he has at his disposal players now who understand the game plan. They understand what's required. Mm-hmm. They understand their role within it. So he's got buy in from the entire group. And strength in numbers means that Carlton are going to be extremely difficult to beat, no matter who they play, and that's just that's just uh, magnificent to, to see. You know, we're getting we're getting a hundred percent input across the board from your playing group, and um, long may it uh, continue, Tony. Now, um, I touched on, or we touched on him before, Bryce Gibbs, oh. um, a remarkable journey, considering um, had everything gone to a certain plan, he would not have been at the club this year. However, um, seems now the, the speculation is interesting in the papers. Has he suddenly um, found a resurgence, a resurgence in his form because he has that buy-in, as you said, to the Bolts game plan, or is he just trying to up his value for trade at the end of the year? <laughs> um, it's immaterial as far as Carlton supporters go at this juncture, I would say, because he's playing so wonderfully. But when he was interviewed after the game, I thought it was interesting. The the lid is firmly shut. The lid is is definitely on. And this is a this is a team not getting too intoxicated by its own success. Very, very true. Very true. Um, talking about the Gibbs uh, thing for a moment, um, I, I was interested to hear Brendan Bolton comment about Bryce Gibbs's game. And you know, I think I think the stat is that Gibbs is the first man to post forty possessions, lay ten tackles plus, and kick multiple goals and in a game goal, of footy. Two goals and uh, gained eight hundred and ten metres, well, which I didn't even know was. No, a that was a great stat by Grace there. Um, but you know, hearing Brendan Bolton comment on Gibbs's game afterwards, he did make the point. He, he felt that the most important stat there was the tackles. Mm. And you know, sometimes when you hear a coach speak, it's it's 
more what they don't say that you pick up on. And him making a point of that would suggest to me that Bryce Gibbs had to reinvent himself and, and perhaps bring more of a you know an, an aggression to to his game. And I think he's done that. And what that has done is made Bryce Gibbs the complete player, notwithstanding the way he prepared for this season. You know, and the professional he is mm. to um, to get on with it, despite the fact that it, you know. Uh, there were pressures afoot maybe to return to, to mm. South Australia. But what a complete pro he's been this year. He, he's in career best form, no doubt about it. And again, uh, all power to Stephen Sylvain and the, and the recruiters mm. for um, keeping their nerve. You know, when the, when the, when the deal was yep. tr- supposedly going to be struck and Adelaide were um, prepared to pay unders, the Carlton didn't budge. They said, well, you, we're not... We're not giving him up cheaply. Mm. You know, he's a contracted player and um, you want him, you you pay for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, so all power. Yeah. It's, a, it's a win-win-win, I think. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, you look at those stats, 43 disposals. That's, that's Greg William-esque. It is. Coin a coin of term there. It is. He, he probably moves a little, little bit more freely than the Diesel did. Yeah, but, true. However, it, Williams was a genius. Um, but, um, but you're right. They're, they're, they're amazing numbers, aren't they? Yeah, and, and um, you know, that steadying goal at the end, again, that leadership he's showing, um, he's just been absolutely magnificent. 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 Um, can, we, can I urge all listeners, including George, to the, um, the two tones and all Carlton supporters, um, Mother's Day, when it rolls around next year, please remember Mrs Kernow. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because she has given us so that goal was magnificent, wasn't it? Oh, look, it was a great goal. The, the brothers combining there, it was like, like the crackers at North Melbourne, yeah. wasn't it? It was, no, it was lovely. It was magnificent to see, and um, you know, is it great to see the two boys enjoying their football mm. as much as that? And yes, Mrs. and Mr. Kuno must be looking on with oh, great, okay. yes, great pride. Yes, um, Charlie probably could have iced the go with that fluffed grubber at the end. He, he's was, not alone there, though. He's not alone. He no. wasn't on his own there. But you know what we can see in Charlie is the emergence of a, an exciting footballer. You know, an athletic player that's capable of uh, doing a lot of amazing things on a football field. So, uh, yes, we, we watch on with interest and all power to Ed too for the, you know, for the job, you know, the unenviable task he was given on Ablett. Yeah. Uh, an unsung hero, I think, uh, in, in this team, uh, not only through the course of this year, but for many years. Um, yeah. Gets the big jobs and, and nine times out of ten delivers, doesn't he? Now, um, any honourable mentions, Tone, before you give us your three votes? It is a... Uh... It's a task I would not want to be given. No, it's not. It's uh, tough. Again, Tony, a great problem to have. Look, um, someone's got to miss out, you know, so I, I, I think uh, I want to extend an apology to Matty Cruiser, the big bloke. Mm. I just, again, there's another play. We talk of Gibbs in career best form. Well, uh, Matt Cruiser's never played better footy for Carlton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, tr- the nickname Tractor, we were saying off here to someone before, is such an apt mm. uh, nickname to give a fellow that just seems to keep willing himself to the next contest and the next and the next. And an honourable uh, mention to him, he doesn't make my 3 2 one this week, but... He does make a mention in dispatches. He does, yep. he does. So, Tony, I went with uh, two of our backmen. Uh, how to go past the uh, the evergreen Cade Simpson. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, him and Doherty oh. must have thought it was Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, no accountability there. They were just poncing around and picking up you know, touches at, at will and setting Carlton up um, mm. from the half back line. Uh, 
um, they were aided and abetted, I might add, by um, Marchbank, mm. Weedering, Liam Jones, as you said earlier. Plowman. I think Plowman. I think. I think Marchbank actually stood um, Brandon Matera. And as I said earlier, Matera, I think, put five on the board when we played them last time. So he was – I think he kept one for the game. So, look, the core, that, that defensive core is, you know, tight as a drum and magnificent to see. So I gave one to Simo. I gave two to Sam Doherty, our, our uh, award Inaugural winner last winner. year, yep. Norgal winner. And three votes to B. Gibbs. How could you go past him? You, you know, uh, Matthew Lloyd gave him ten votes, uh, a possible ten on um, uh, the Sunday footy show last week. And, mm. you know, that's probably a fair call because it, it was a supreme performance by Bryce Gibbs and, and all power to him. Uh, a little sidelight to the result, Tony, too. I, I think there were two nice things that happened on the broadcast. One was when... Um, Immediately following at the siren, mm. the camera panned Brendan Bolton on the uh, interchange bench. He was down on the deck for that last minute, I think. And um, first thing he did at siren time was to turn around to his support staff and shake hands with every one of them. That's the team within the team, and yep. that's the that's what's yep. happening here. It was it was a, just a great thing to see. And the follow up to that was immediately after Jack Silvani uh, gave an on ground interview, the camera followed him as he turned his back and headed back to the goal square to the Carlton Faithful that oh. got to be on the goals. It was just magnificent to see number one <laughs> return to the Faithful uh, they were in raptures. And um, it's just magnificent for uh, the supporters and for people, you know, long-suffering people. We've often revisited this, Tony, how, you know, you and I have seen some great moments in Carlton mm. history, but there's a generation that just hasn't been privy to any success. And I think it's to them that I'm happiest for. Yeah. Uh, those people yeah. that just don't know what it is like to experience um, a successful Carlton team. And um, there is a long way to go. You know, Brendan Bolton always says this is a journey. Mm. Um, but what a journey it's proving to be. And, um, yeah, strap yourselves in, Carlton people, because it's going to be a great ride. Indeed. Well, uh, according to Damien Tardio, whose dad filled in for me a couple of weeks ago, Carlton was six and six at the same point last year. Yes. We're five and seven now. Well, that's 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 incredible. Um, that's incredible because I, I don't think there were too many pundits that expected them uh, that win loss ratio um, at this stage of the season, let alone seasons mm. end. So. I, I think the team's tracking along nicely. The, the big test will, of course, come this week back in Melbourne. Yep. But, but you know, if you look at the opposition that Carlton met in the past fortnight, the two teams have had the, the pick of the crop in mm. terms of the best football talent in Australia. And it just goes to show that sometimes, uh, what's the old expression, Tony? A, 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 a champion, champion team. team. Yeah. Team of champions. That's it. Thank That's you. It. <laughs> now, um, we'll just quickly preview next, uh, next round's games. Round 14. Tigers versus Carlton, so it's a Richmond home game. Sunday, 25th of June, the MCG, 3.20pm. It is a bona fide blockbuster. There is no other word for it. Um, should be getting 80000 at the G, you would hope. Um, it is one of the oldest and one of the greatest rivalries in the AFL-VFL. We don't, you don't need me to tell you that. Um, Rewald, Rance and Dusty. How do we shut them down? Well, it's interesting, Tony, that if I recall the opening round of the season, Jack Revolt didn't trouble the scorer. Ah, and okay. I, I'm pretty sure Sam Rowe did a great negating job that mm. night. So in, in uh, Sam's absence, you would expect that the Jones boy might uh, again get the, get the nod. Yeah. Um, and confidence has got to be uh, pretty high at the moment. So... Uh, well, I'd back him in for for sure to you know to do the job on Jack. 
Dustin Martin, you know, had a great year uh, really uh, throughout um, and has troubled Carlton, you know, particularly when he's gone forward in recent recent years. I can remember uh, improving a handful for Zach Tui, um, mm. instances we've met Richmond where he's gone forward. So obviously I'm sure Brendan Bolton will have some something in mind there uh, to, to counter uh, Dustin Martin's influence, whether at midfield or forward. And Rance, well, you know, it's going to take a, uh, a good game uh, from whoever, whichever current player's designated the role. I'm trying to think now who stood him last time. And if memory serves, he, he played pretty well. And mm. I, I can't remember whether it was whether it was Levi or who it was now. My, my memory just fails me at the moment. But um, uh, we had, I think it might have been Jake. Actually, I think it might have been Jakob Wietering. Ah. I think we, Wietering yeah. may have gone forward last time and played particularly that well on, yeah. on, um, on uh, Rance. So uh, in light of the fact that, uh, that Jakob had the job on Peter Wright last week in defence, it'll be very interesting to see which way... Which way uh, Brendan Bolton and the Brains Trust goes with the matchups, but um, what we do know is that that uh, Jakob did a reasonable job uh, in that one-on-one with Rance last time the two teams met. And which player do you think we should taunt on Instagram before the game? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, an obvious it, question, Tone. It's hard enough, isn't it? Trying uh, to win without giving is, the yeah. uh, opposition uh, a free kick. Well, and I mean, let's, I mean, let's not get Josh Bootsman back for that. Uh, no, no, <laughs> we we move forward. We move forward. There is uh, Tony. I understand a um, there will be a, at least one change. Tom Williamson ah. apparently is uh, uh, is gone for a fortnight with a back ailment. So we'll be interested to see who gets the nod there. And Alex Silvani, of course, is still recovering from the knee, so he's still a little while away. But um, someone will get their chance. I know. I know the, uh, the the Northern Blues lost to Werribee. They broke the run of five or six wins at the weekend, but they're in reasonable form. So wh- whoever gets a call up will be cherry ripe and ready to go. And you would expect that that player will s- slot in seamless, seamlessly to the um, uh, the Carlton backline. Um, so uh, it's going to be a great a great game. Yeah. Uh, a traditional rival, as you said, a much hated and despised opponent in the good old days of the 60s and 70s when both Carlton and Richmond were up and, and flying. Um, but magnificent to see Carlton back in Melbourne on the MCG where it belongs, taking on an old foe. In the game of the round, you'd have to say. You'd have to say that. And that is a great thing for Carlton supporters to ponder. That uh, really says a lot. Bums on seats, the club is up and firing. These are great days to be a Carlton supporter. Great days to be a Carlton supporter, Tone. And you'll be there Sunday. Oh, yes. You'll be, you you'll be bottom dollar. lurking in the in, shadows I, over I, there. I, I will not be freezing my bunions off in, in, in North Warren Tight. Uh, three degrees sleeping on the cold, hard ground. I can tell you that for a dollar, Tone. Uh, Tony DeBolfo and Tony Moclair saying uh, goodbye. Thank you and go Blues. Go Blues. And we will catch you next week on the two times.